The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing is brought to you by BDA Radio. BDA Radio doesn't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all of the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves. BDARadio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 38 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined once again by independent wrestling veteran, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello. Hello, Mike. What's up? How are you feeling? Like a million bucks. Back in the swing of things after your vacation. AKA waiting around for you, as always. What does that mean? You were late to being late today. And it's always like last minute. You know things are going sideways well before. And minutes before, it's always, oh, by the way, hey, let's push this back. Today, let's push it back 15 minutes. 25 minutes later, I get the, you ready? So you were late to being late. Are you done? (laughs) You're supposed to be happy. I was happy until I had to wait 25 minutes. You're on vacation. You're back. You're. uh... Why would I be happy now that I'm back? Wouldn't I be happier if I was still on vacation? But, you know, you come back in a better frame of mind, right? Yeah, it's overrated. <laughs> All right. Well, this past Monday, you made your grand return to the podcast on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. And we talked to Jamie Derekowski. We kind of breaked a little news about chaotic wrestling ownership selling the company. Break? So you want to make sure. Is that, is that a word? We breaked news? Is that what you just said? Did I say that? I think you did. I think you did. Sure. Let's make that a word. Let's make that a word going forward. <laughs> we'll put that on a t-shirt and everything will be fine. So, Cadillac Wrestling has been sold and you can find out more about that by listening to this past Monday's edition of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. A lot of good feedback for that episode there, Kingpin. Yeah. I mean, if you're one somebody who's followed New England Independent Wrestling over the last uh, couple of decades, then you certainly are familiar with Chaotic Wrestling. So, interesting times, I guess. Well, not for you. It doesn't matter for you, but... Yeah, well... <laughs> I'm guessing a lot of people in the New England wrestling scene might have checked that one out. The most downloaded episode by independent wrestlers in New England, I would guess. <laughs> they want to know the uh, the lowdown. They want to know the scoop. Yeah, so we had it here on the Wrestling Podcast of Unlink, so make sure you go back and check that out. But as for this podcast tonight, well, coming up, we've got Merv Griffin time. That's where we get your thoughts and answer your questions, plus one more blood-curdling cackle will be immortalized in our Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. But first, you know what we do here. We are discussing a different topic each week, voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. Make sure you follow us there. The topic this week, worst Survivor Series teams. Survivor Series is coming up. It's actually not the next pay-per-view. I kind of thought it was, but it's not. 
<laughs> There's probably at least two more in there before Survivor Series. I think it's just TLC, if I'm not mistaken. That can't be right. But next month, Survivor Series is back. One of the original pay-per-views, one of my favorite pay-per-views, Teams of Five, Strive to Survive. And we're going to talk about the worst ever teams. And Kingpin, you remarked before we started recording that uh, there's uh, quite a few of them. Yeah, there is no shortage of of options on this. And I'm sure we'll get tweets and tweets and tweets on uh, ones we left off the list. But we could probably do three or four hours on this one. Let's keep it a little more brief than that, Kingpin. We'll do two hours instead. Yeah, why don't you start us off? With worst Survivor Series team number one. A lot of these are older, but I'll start out with this. The four doinks. That would be Men on a Mission and the Bushwhackers. Do you remember this one, Mike? How can I forget? I was there for it. (laughs) The Boston Garden, 1993. So you remember it fondly then. I, I mean, I'm hurting your feelings here. I was kind of looking forward to this match going in because they were doing the double doink thing and, you know, doinks were showing up all over the place. So I was kind of excited to see, you know, four identical wrestlers have this match. I was really <laughs> really looking forward to how they were going to do this with these four doinks. And then they just completely shit on it. And yeah, doink Babel, doink Mo, doink Luke, and doink Butch. It really stunk bad. <laughs> Wow, there's some saltiness here over this one, Mike. You were you are supremely disappointed in this. Yeah, I loved the, all the Doink stuff they were doing. All you know, Doink showing up in different places. They did it first at WrestleMania Nine, I believe, outdoors in Las Vegas, where the second Doink showed up in the match with Crush. But this was just not what I was looking for. It was just the old proverbial. Fizart and Church. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> when these these four doinks showed up and they were, you know, trying to do the funny business and the jokes and all that stuff and just didn't didn't hit home with uh, Kid Crockett. I wish Jameson had been a doink. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, actually. Uh, <laughs> and they they wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow, Bastion Booger, and the Head Shrinkers. Another all-star team. <laughs> Another one for the list here. Yeah, anyone, any team with Bastion Booger on it is, by default, <laughs> on the list. Okay, so that was 1993, the four doinks. How about this lovely cast of characters Colonel Mustafa (laughs) the Berserker Skinner and Hercules yeah I think there's going to be one common theme with a lot of these teams buddy and that's the mighty Hercules (laughs) (laughs) yeah the best teams are teams that kind of could go together I remember like the Ultimate Warrior, Kerry Von Erich, and the LOD. They just looked like they kind of went together. They're all warriors, right? Yeah. Teams that look like they could fit together. But where are you going to find a war general, a war colonel, a Viking, a game hunter, or whatever you call Skinner, and you know a Greek 
God, Hercules, <laughs> just four guys you would never see in the same place at the same time, except in the WWF. That is 1991 Survivor Series that took place, and they actually wrestled Sergeant Slaughter, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Tito Santana, and the Texas Tornado, which is a, a team that would probably rank up there as well on my list of worst Survivor Series teams. I'll tell you, I'm looking at my list here, and I have Hercules on it multiple times. <laughs> really? Uh, well, before we get to your next Hercules team, let me just say that this match was doomed from the start. Uh, originally, Jim Neidhart was supposed to be on the Babyface team, and he was replaced by Slaughter. And then uh, Big Bully Busick was supposed to be on the other team and was replaced by Hercules. So... <laughs> I don't know how Big Billy Busick would have brought that team together any more than Hercules, but he was—he was the the glue that that would have held it together. I guess, I guess so. We will never know, though. But instead, we had this ragtag team of mismatched bad guys. Not a good-looking foursome by any stretch of the imagination. So, what's your next Hercules team to talk about here? <laughs> how about do you remember the four by fours, Mike? It was of course, of, of course, the mighty Hercules. Rugged Ronnie Garvin, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and Bret Hart. But anything that has the Mighty Hercules and, and Rugged Ronnie Garvin uh, <laughs> together, I'm sorry, it stinks. <laughs> but they all came out with two-by-fours. <laughs> they did. I did see the picture of them all with their stupid two-by-fours. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Hercules was a babyface at the time because he had been sold into slavery by Bobby the Brain Heenan to <laughs> Ted DiBiase. What an angle. <laughs> <laughs> but Hercules just wouldn't stand for it. So, yeah, he became a babyface and he was there with uh, the 4x4s. And but he did stand for teaming with Paul Roma, which let me throw another Hercules okay. team out there, Mike. The Visionaries. <laughs> What's wrong with the Visionaries? They sucked. <laughs> <laughs> now, who are the members of the team? Power and Glory, so Hercules and Paul Roma, yes. the Warlord, and Rick the Model Martel. Now, is this the one where there was a clean sweep by the other team and they were all pinned without pinning a single member of the other team? I, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You don't have that research done? I don't, Mike. Well, keep talking about the Visionaries and I'll look it up. Well, the, the visionaries were horrible. The warlord, wretched. Hercules, terrible. Paul Roma, embarrassing. The only saving grace was Rick Martell. That was it. Poor Rick Martell in this one. And I like the model. The visionaries were the ones that beat the team of the Vipers. Led by Jake the Snake Robert with his... Did he have the wonky eye? Was he wearing the contact lens during this? Yes, he was. The Vipers were Jake Roberts, Jimmy Snuka... Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. And the Visionaries just did a clean sweep, beat them all. So how can that be a bad team? How can that be the worst Survivor Series team when they probably are the only team in Survivor Series history to do a clean sweep of the opposition? Do you know why, Mike? Why? Because wrestling's fake. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because of Hercules. <laughs> Which would have also been a valid answer. <laughs> no, you want another Hercules team, though? There's another one? There's another one on my list. My God. <laughs> the Honky Tonk Man, Ron Bass, Danny Davis, <laughs> King Harley Race, and the Mighty Hercules. <laughs> you could have stopped at Danny Davis. 
Well, yeah, that's the main reason that's on here, aside from Hercules. Danny Davis was on a Survivor Series team. Why on earth, if you were putting together a Survivor Series team, would you choose a referee? Defend it, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> He's a wrestler. He was a referee. He's a crooked ref. And then he became a wrestler. He was managed by a great criminal mind in Jimmy Hart, who taught him everything he knew. From Dover, New Hampshire, by the way. Yeah, just a hop, skip, and a jump from you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's Brian Fury's old like stomping grounds. Yeah, that is kind of up there, huh? In Rochester area, that whole thing. Shithole. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. All I right. think that might be it. I think that might be it for the mighty Hercules here. <laughs> <laughs> we exhausted our Hercules teams. <laughs> he was by far the most common person on my list. <laughs> well... <laughs> It's a shame that we can't have your number one pick be a team featuring the mighty Hercules, but that's what we're all leading up to here. I, I did, I did love the Hercules LJN figure, by the way, with the uh, whatever the thing he was wearing. Oh yeah, I couldn't picture it at first, but then he had like yeah, a he has Spartan outfit or something. Yeah, he had like a leather outfit with like yeah, the whole deal. Huh. Which I don't ever remember him wearing that. I always remember Hercules just coming down with the chains. All right, how about an all-around bad Survivor Series match? Of course, we're leading up to our number one picks here for the worst Survivor Series team of all time. But before we get there, an all-time bad Survivor Series match. How about the Alliance versus the Mercenaries? Listen to these teams. This is from 1990, Survivor Series 1990. The Alliance is Nikolai Volkov. That's him as a babyface after he's accepting the United States, and, uh, you know, unity all over the place. Tito Santana and the Bushwhackers. That is the alliance versus the mercenaries of Sergeant Slaughter, Boris Zukov, and the Orient Express. Oof. <laughs> it took your breath away, didn't it? <laughs> Stunned silence. That match sounded so terrible, I actually just yawned. <laughs> as did uh, 15 to 20,000 people in the arena that night at Survivor Series 1990 the Alliance versus the Mercenaries Who, who's the strong player in this whole thing um, Tito Santana <laughs> <laughs> I guess I mean he's a decent worker but oh my god Boris Zukov, Sergeant Slaughter Nikolai Volkov the Bushwhackers, Orient Express Oh my goodness gracious! I don't. I think I blocked this out of my memory. I think, thankfully, this has been uh, erased from my memory banks. I sat through it. I'm sure in 1990, but thankfully, I don't remember. <laughs> I sat through all of these. I'm sure. Yes. Uh, so where are we, Kingpin? Are we getting close to our number ones here? We're getting there. We're getting there. But maybe a couple more worth. Uh worth looking at here or or not worth looking at <laughs> yes particularly forgettable team though mike uh it was the team of dr tom pritchard mm-hmm. skip of the body donnas okay the one two three kid and rad radford wait was dr tom pritchard was he zip or was he dr tom pritchard ah uh, the uh, dr tom pritchard are you sure Oh, my God. Now you're going to make me go back and look here. I did look these up. Hmm. Mike, it was it was Dr. Tom Pritchard. I, I, I'm seeing this. Yes, I can't believe it. I'll take my apology now. 
I, I'm deeply, deeply sorry and regretful that I ever questioned the <laughs> almighty Brian Malone. Yeah, I mean, that's not that's not the type of apology I want. You know what the type of apology I want, Mike. I apologize to you a thousand times. <laughs> You're gonna really put some beg into it. <laughs> uh, what about the team that they faced at Survivor Series 1995? The underdogs, who was Marty Jannetty, Hakushi, Bob Holly, and Barry Horowitz. They're underdogs. At least it was a theme. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least they did kind of match up together. But holy Moses! Some of these teams that they had to kind of scrape together at the last minute. It seemed like it was at the last minute. I suppose there must have been some planning put into it. But yeah, how did Dr. Tom Pritchard end up on this team by himself without the gigolo Jimmy Del Rey pre-zip? Maybe Sonny was the only saving grace of that team, huh? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. We talked about Sonny <laughs> this past Monday. We had a we special... Sure did. <laughs> she uh, put smiles on many faces. Mike, that I'm starting night. to feel like maybe she put a smile on your face that night based on some of your reactions to things. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Go check out this past Monday's episode 77, the wrestling podcast about nothing. We talked with Jamie Jamikowski, and he talked about the fact that he basically babysat Sonny for a day to have her on <laughs> as part of a chaotic wrestling show. So check that out. All right. One more before we get to the number ones, I think. Uh, first of all, the one team on one side... The Radicals. Of course, we know that is the man who shall not be named, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn. The team they faced, the Road Dog, K-Quick, (laughs) Billy Gunn, and China. Just a weird, uh, one of these is not like the other. Or a couple of these aren't like the others, if you, if you uh, really want to look. Yeah, you're going in a weird place here, buddy. <laughs> well, China, China uh, I think at this point, Road Dog and K-Quick were a tag team. But you know what they were? You know what they were getting, Mike? They were getting <laughs> rowdy. <laughs> They're moving things. Uh, and then you had Billy Gunn and China just kind of, so this is like, I don't, DX was in flux, I think, at this point, and it, it's just a weird team to have together at this point in their history at Survivor Series 2000, especially against a team like the Radicals. Very strange to have, especially China, in there as part of this thing. So, yeah, I figured I'd throw that one in. Uh, anything else before we get to the number one picks there, Kingpin? No, I, th- I mean, I think, we're, I think we're marching towards it, Mike. I think we're just about ready to go here. Uh, what do you think? Do you have anything else you want to get off your chest? No, you, you uh, lead the way there, brother. All right, buddy. Well, this one here... This whole match is weird. I, I mean, I guess technically I could mention, you know, I could, I could mention the victor of this match just as I could the loser. So so I'll, I'll start there. I'm, I guess I'll do the Michael Crockett double dip here. Okay. Uh, even though the, the, the victors of this match I don't think was the worst of all time, but they it stunk. The Hart family. Bret Hart, Owen Hart, and his two brothers, Bruce and Keith. Right, right from the start, this match, you got two guys who have never been in WWE, WWF at the time ever. No business in the main event of a pay-per-view. And here they are teaming because it's Bret Hart's brothers. And they're teaming against, I think, the worst Survivor Series team of all time. Especially when you consider they're in the main event. Especially when you consider that the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, was a replacement. Shawn Michaels and his knights, which was supposed to be Jerry Lawler and his knights, correct? Yes, there was a little issue 
with uh, Jerry the King Lawler at the time. There was a little investigation going on, and King uh, had to be pulled from that matchup at the last minute. So you were there for this, too, then? I was. 1993 Survivor Series at the Boston Garden. Why, now why, why the hell? You got eight men in this, in this main event match. This was the main event. Am I, am I not mistaken with that, right? No, I don't think so. It was the All-Americans versus the Foreign Fanatics. All right, Mike. I misspoke on this one. It wasn't yeah. the main event. Maybe it was supposed. To, was it supposed to be the main event with Jerry Lawler? I don't think so. I feel like it was. I felt like that was like the Jerry Lawler Bret Hart feud was like the uh, like the thing going into this. But I, I just don't understand why you have five five out of the eight competitors in a match not be regular competitors on your roster, or two of them regular uh, regular competitors under masks. Uh, the team of the knights, the blue knight, the red knight, and the the silver knight or the white knight, I think, they were Greg Valentine, Barry Horowitz, and Jeff Gaylord, who Jeff Gaylord is a Memphis maystay, never really had any time on the WWF roster, so I'm not quite sure what the deal was there, but yeah, these guys... I mean, they're obviously under masks. They're some of the somewhat known commodities besides Gaylord, but yeah, I'm not sure why they didn't just scrap this thing. I guess it was just it was just so last minute the whole thing with Lawler that went down that they just decided to throw Sean in there. And I don't know how you could besmirch Bruce and Keith, especially Keith and his mustache. How could you talk <laughs> poorly about Keith Hart and his beautiful, beautiful mustache? But. I will agree that it was pretty terrible. How this thing almost fell apart, how they attempted to keep it together, and still it just didn't work out right. Uh, Brett and Sean, the Knights, the brothers, uh, it turned into a little bit of a mess. So I agree with you there. One of the worst Survivor Series teams of all time, but not the worst, because I haven't gone yet there, Kingpin. What, are you going to pick three this time? (laughs) Well... It is a Crockett special, as you just mentioned. So there will be two. Uh, But it's all in the same match. It's all in the same match, Kingpin. The worst Survivor Series team of all time. 1994 Survivor Series. Clowns are us versus the royal (laughs) family. Now, (laughs) I talked about earlier how I love Doink. I loved what they were doing with Doink in 1993. By 94, he was a babyface Doink, and he had a little friend with him named Dink. <laughs> but but in Survivor Series 94, Dink found some friends. So it was Doink, Dink, Pink, and Wink. So yes, that is Doink and three little people versus the royal family, which is Jerry Lawler, who was back after his uh, you know, previous legal trouble, teaming, I guess this is his punishment for missing last year's Survivor <laughs> Series, teaming with Cheesy, Queasy, and Sleazy. <laughs> just three little people who are all dressed just like him as little kings. I guess they're not kings. I guess they would be princes because, you know, of course, Lawler is the king. They're not children, Mike. They're grown men. Well, you could be a prince and be an adult. Prince Charles, for Christ's sake, is 102. <laughs> so, yes, this matchup, I mean, just destined to be terrible from day one. Of course, they did all the 
all the uh, little people slash, I guess I could say midget spots that you know and love. Oh, oh boy. Uh, but this thing just went on. They, they were doing this for weeks on TV and stuff like that, running around in circles, uh, all these guys chasing each other. And at the end, I believe that Queasy, Sleazy, and Cheesy uh, ended up leaving Jerry Lawler in the dust. So it was Lawler all on his own after this one. The royal family broke up as a result of losing to Doink, Dink, Pink, and Wink. Again, in a situation where they were not regular roster members, Kingpin. I guess it's slightly different from what you were talking about with Shawn Michaels and his knights. <laughs> but uh, yeah, at, at some point in the early days of the Survivor Series, they were doing Survivor Series teams of tag teams, where there's like 15 people, not 15 because that's an odd number, but there's 12 people on each side. And at this point, 1994, just a few years later, they're having to pull people from the independents, from Memphis and all this stuff to fill up these teams. And yeah, just uh, doink, dink, pink, and wink. I'd rather forget it, and I'm sure I will after this, but today on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, for the last time, I will mention them. Now they're gone out of my head. They're the worst Severa Series team of all time. Both of them, if you ask me. Agreed? Agreed. So uh, mine is better than yours, is what you're saying. Thank you. <laughs> sure, Mike. <laughs> all right. Well, let us know what you think is the worst Survivor Series team of all time. I'm sure there are plenty out there. A couple more featuring Hercules, I would guarantee. So make sure let us know on Twitter. That's what everyone's been doing all week. They've been talking to us on Twitter, and we're going to talk about it right now in Merv Griffin time. Named for Brian's favorite episode of our favorite show, that, of course, being Seinfeld. And we're doing voicemails over on the NAI Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. So get yours in now. We will play it on the show this coming Monday. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And if this is the first time you're hearing us this week, you are missing out. Join us every Monday on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network on their own feed. You can find both of our weekly podcasts just by searching WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to subscribe to both. The way to participate here on Merv Griffin Time is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. Kingpin, last week you were still away. I was talking with Jason Stewart of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. And we talked about the worst debuts for a future superstar. Were you able to catch this podcast? Not yet, buddy. Not yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <sighs> well, anyway, we're going to talk about it here. Steven at HHHGuy2004 says, How dare you at Crocsox? Hunter Hearst Helmsley had the greatest debut ever. Never mind. I can't believe the American Blue Blood was horrible. Yeah. Well, I talked to I went all the way back to Terror Rising, Brian, when it comes to the worst debut for a future star, just a big, bulky guy with Ric Flair hair. Uh, it wasn't a good start. It was, uh, it was light years away from what Triple H became. Well, and then he kind of circled back to it at one point. To terrorizing but no like but like the rick flair type hair okay yeah maybe no not maybe he did <laughs> during evolution oh yes you're right you're right i, I didn't recall i didn't recall that 
Just block out all of wrestling history? <laughs> I tend to. I tend to at times. James Malonis. He is at double J underscore Malonis. Says at J Stewart 0920. That is Jason Stewart from last week's podcast. He says he gets it. HBK is the goat. Yeah, he's all right. He is. <laughs> and, uh, well, Jeremy at EPL and NFL on Twitter. He says, worst debut for a future star, the Shockmaster. And I kind of disagree with that because that was kind of, I mean, it is a terrible debut. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't, it was kind of like at the end of that guy's career, at the end of Fred Ottman's career, if you will. Uh, I mean, that's kind of not really what we're going for in terms of worst debut for a future star. So uh, appreciate it, Jeremy, but I couldn't agree with you with the Shockmaster. But I understand what you're going for there. Rob Bonnet. He is at Rob Bond one. That's our. I thought you were going to say Rob Bartlett. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Talk about worst debut. <laughs> Monday Night Raw at R B O N N E one on Twitter. He says worst debut for a future star, the Honky Tonk Man, which is a really good one. If you think about that, Honky Tonk Man came into WWF as a babyface. Vince thought this is going to be the biggest babyface of all time. He had. Hulk Hogan endorsing him as uh, you know the Elvis impersonator, a honky tonk man. He just didn't get over it all and ended up turning heel, uh, just based on the fact that the crowd just did not get behind him. So I don't remember that at all. <laughs> no, you don't remember that? They talked about that on Pritchard's podcast too. I'm not sure what episode did they do a honky tonk man episode? Maybe, maybe they. Maybe not. I don't know. But that was talked about on there where the Honky Tonk Man, Vince thought he was going to be the biggest baby face of all time and just didn't <laughs> get over. You can go look on YouTube. There is actually Honky Tonk Man's first match and they have an inset promo with Hulk Hogan putting him over like he's you know his best friend. Goodness. It's kind of funny to look back on now, but that was <laughs> that's kind of uh, like a hidden gem. That that was Rob, very good one. And he also says the funny thing is the almost the exact same thing happened with the New Day, which is true. They were going to be these gospel loving baby faces, and Vince just didn't see them as heels. And yeah, they had to turn heel because the crowd just did not enjoy the New Day at all. Rob Bonnet, very good tweets. Thank you very much. And let's go on to Monday, Kingpin. You were there for this, so we can discuss this. Sure. Our interview with Jamie Jamikowski talking about the sale of chaotic wrestling. Steven says, thank you, Jamie, for all the hard work. And Mark as well. Me and my dad have enjoyed chaotic wrestling over the years. Yes, Jamie, walking away at the end of this calendar year, handing over the keys to Chaotic Wrestling to a new management team that has yet to be named. So, uh, Management team to be named later. Yes, thank you. Who's signing my goddamn paychecks? <laughs> well, I guess, I guess we'll uh, have to find out. Maybe we'll... You know, you know who probably knows? Scotty Slade. I'm sure he does. He's got all the scoops. <laughs> we call him Scoop Slade. Uh, Zeke. At Zeke Dane on Twitter said, just listen to the WPAN. I wasn't at the first Catholic Wrestling show, but many from way back to the Methuen days. Grateful for the past. Excited for the future. Thanks, Jamie, for 17 amazing years. OK Fabe, our buddy Connor. He is at OK Fabe on Twitter. He says, finally got a chance to listen to this week's WPAN. Interesting stuff and looking forward to what the future holds for Chaotic Wrestling. Yeah, there's a lot going on here on the New England Independence, especially with Chaotic Wrestling. 
Uh, and Chaotic Wrestling, you'll be there for Breaking Point, Kingpin, in a tables match, right? It's coming up soon? You wouldn't know by looking at the poster. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Is, is that Jamie's jurisdiction still? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what Jamie says if we ask him. He might pass the buck on that one. Uh, that's, ne- that's never happened before. Uh, Jason Stewart, last week's co-host here on BDA Radio, says, Brian Malonis criticizing me for being a large, opinionated man. Hello, pot. There's the kettle. Eh. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. He likes to he likes to make outlandish statements uh, just for reaction purposes. Well, he made some great statements this past week, the last week on the BDA Radio exclusive podcast. You should check it out. And I'm not talking about the fans out there listening. I'm talking about you. I'm boycotting it. <laughs> oh God. Okay. How about <laughs> Staxton Lynch? And he is at a guy named Max. That is M-A-C-K-S. He says, always enjoy Kingpin throwing shots at the New Age Insiders guys on the WPAN. <laughs> I, I've never thrown a shot at Liam Stryker. No, you haven't. That's for sure. He's <laughs> he's on the good boy list. And you get your naughty boy list, which is uh, Bill Neville and Jason Maltoff, right? Not naughty boy. That sounds very provocative. It does. Uh, okay, Mike Mills at Mike504Saints. You know him, of course, from the Book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can get that at MikeMills.Podbean.com or wherever podcasts are sold. You know, they do those two podcasts a week on Sundays and Thursdays. He says, backing you up, Kingpin, what you were talking about earlier, why is Croc Sox laughing like a child on the schoolyard during the sunny talk? Yeah, the, uh, the, your reactions are are making me wonder. Mike asks, "Did you put your finger in the fun dip, Crockett?" You all right over there? <laughs> I'm all right. Moving on. Moving on. Wow, no answer. <laughs> Mike, hey Mike Mills, the silence coming from Mike Crockett is deafening. <laughs> Hanson, he is at Warbeard Hanson, our longtime close personal friend. He checked out the podcast on Monday and says, Voodoo Kane, love it, would have gotten over. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Voodoo Kane was a part of the promo about nothing this past week, and you made a joke about Voodoo Kane being the name that Hanson would pick for the tag team of Papa Shango and the Demon Kane. And, of course, (laughs) Todd Hanson approves of that. And he also says, the Duke was clearly ruined by the Squire. Let's be honest. EWA Duke was gold. I'd say uh, it was ruined by the green screen videos. What? (laughs) You can go and find those. Handsome Johnny. Just search Handsome Johnny on YouTube. You can find Handsome Johnny's journey to becoming the Duke. It is excellent. It is great. And of course, let me just say, produced by our guest this past Monday, Jamie Dimikowski. What do you what do you think ever happened to the squire? I don't know, don't care. Wow. You're very upset. <laughs> Finally here, John Morris at J O N S U P R M N. Our friend Todd Sinclair was on last week's Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana. Make sure you check that out. A great interview with Todd. One of the only, if not the only, referee to ever be interviewed 
on Cold Cabana's podcast. So great honor for Fat Pants. John Moore says, great episode with at Sinclair Todd on Cold Cabana, but no mention of win a date with Todd Sinclair. <laughs> no, there wasn't. It's gone forever. No one was able to get to Cold before he spoke to Todd. Maybe next time. All right. Thank you very much, John Morris. Thank you very much to everyone who's a part of Murder of Griffin Time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter, and we'll bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDA Radio. Okay, Putting Over Podcasts, that is the Facebook group that we started for all pro wrestling podcasts and pro wrestling podcast listeners. Just put in the search bar on Facebook, Putting Over Podcasts, a great community being built up over there of all kinds of pro wrestling podcasters, all kind of pooling their resources, sharing ideas, sharing tips. It's kind of behind the scenes look because they're putting together a podcast. So make sure you join us on the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group and check in the boots with Chip and Tony. They will be returning very soon. Of course, Chip is over there on the NAI Network on the Shattered Glass cast as well. Check that out on the NAI Wrestling Network. Plus, Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart, our friend from the co-host chair last week here on BDA Radio. Your friend. Yes. And Troy. They do it every Thursday talking about all the news and professional wrestling and there's stuff going on in that feed all week long. Make sure you check it out and subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed. Now on this podcast, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people that you're up to no good is through laughter. On days like this, I think back to those immortal words spoken to me by one Tarzan Taylor. He said to me, all it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothings, He'll Laugh Hall of Fame. A $25,000 bounty. You know, I know for a whole week now that everybody throughout the Mid-South area and in the CWA and Jerry the King Lawler has all been talking about a $25,000 bounty because Lawler, if you don't know it, the whole wrestling world is talking about it. Every wrestler in wrestling today is talking about $25,000 they love to get their hands on. But I know most of all that everybody out there is wondering, well, a whole week has went by hot stuff. A whole week for the $25,000 bounty and Jerry the King Lawler is still in wrestling. You haven't put him out like you said one week ago. Well, I want all you people to understand and I want Jerry Lawler to understand that I made a statement about his leg. But I didn't say when I would get Jerry Lawler and I didn't say how. Because Lawler, I want you to listen to these words. I want you to listen to them good. You don't know when you're in the ring wrestling one of my bounty hunters, if there's going to be many more, if I'm there or if I'm not. And what I'm trying to tell you is this. See, there's a lot of ways to get to you, Lawler. I know you very, very well, just like I've said before. I know your family. I know who your mother is. I know what she looks like. I know every close personal friend you have. And Lawler, some night when you're in the ring of wrestling, you better jump out of that ring. You better call home and you better see how your family's doing. You better call Mama Lawler and you better see how she's doing. And you better call some of your close friends and make sure they're all right. Because if I have to go, 
to somebody like that to get to you, I will, because nothing hurts worse than getting to a heart of a man. The pain, the agony that way, like I've had to suffer. A lot of you people are saying, are you insane, Eddie Gilbert? How can you be that cruel? <laughs> well, it's very, very simple. Maybe I won't have to pay $25,000. Because, Jerry Lawler, look what you've done to me! And I will have the last laugh. <laughs> well worth the wait for that laugh. It took long enough to get there. <laughs> hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, the late, great Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. This week's Heel Laugh Hall of Famer. Not only does he take one of my favorite bumps ever, where he gets punched and just plops down onto his ass. It makes me laugh every time he takes that bump. Not only is that my favorite bump, this may be my favorite laugh. Completely insincere, completely inauthentic. And that is what a heel laugh is all about. So you're saying textbook heel laugh here. Yes, textbook. <laughs> patented heel laugh from Hot Stuff, <laughs> Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. And uh, if you want to check out this Hall of Fame inductee in all his glory, see that video. Find the link in the description of this episode or go to the wrestling podcast about nothing page on bdaradio.com. All right, Brian, you're packing your bags about to hit those highways and those byways this weekend doing that pro wrestling thing. One more time, Kingpin, where are you headed this weekend? Clinton, Massachusetts on Saturday night. I'll be heading to Lucky Pro Wrestling to take on their champion, Vern Vicalo. Check out Lucky Pro Wrestling on all social media platforms for full card and ticket information. And if you want to get the Kingpin his next championship title shot, email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. I only come in on top. I guess so. And for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing, and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Armbar with Chad Alden and Paul Sinema Jr., head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, BDARadio.com. All right, Kingpin will be back next Monday with episode 78 of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the NAI Wrestling Network. Make sure you're subscribed. Then you can catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. Till then, here's the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing.